Hey everyone, I'm Brendan Hill, and this is Forward Thinking, a podcast by Metagy. Each week, I talk to inspirational business owners, brands, and marketing experts to learn from their experiences on the front line and uncover what it takes to build a world-class business. I was lucky enough to be invited to the Canva summer season opener here in Sydney last week. They had a roadmap of their products and vision for 2020. But it was one of the things that co-founder Melanie Perkins said that really stuck with me. So what is one of the key drivers to Canva's success? I mean, yes, they have an amazing product, branding, and vision. But what Melanie said and what really stuck with me, it was all about the people. So why has recruitment been one of the major factors around Canva's success? I have someone on the podcast this week that can answer all of the questions around this. His name is Mahesh Murali. He's now head of people operations at Airtasker and one of Australia's most sought-after people leaders. He led people operations at Canva, where he is employee number 25, from a small initial team to a company of more than 200 across three offices. Definitely one of Australia's most successful tech stories ever, with a valuation of $4.7 billion, and they're really on the way to achieving their goal of democratizing design around the world. In my conversation with Mahesh, we cover a wide range of topics, including why talent acquisition is just growth marketing, how to be commercial when hiring, because at the end of the day, you're spending money on marketing campaigns, engineers, all new staff. There's always a trade-off. And Mahesh's fantastic Tim Tam marketing hack that actually won him Uber as a client for his previous startup. And since this recording, I've actually used a variation of this Tim Tam hack on a recent trip to San Francisco, and it definitely had at least a 100 to 1 ROI. So I definitely recommend using Mahesh's Tim Tam hack. Speaking of Mahesh's startup, we also dig into how Cliff and Mel, the co-founders of Canva, convinced Mahesh to leave his startup just when he was about to close his first round of funding. So please enjoy this wide-ranging discussion with Mahesh Murali. Mahesh, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, how you doing? Yeah, really well. Thanks for taking the time out. Obviously, HR professionals, very busy, busy people. You have an amazing background here. You've worked with two of Australia's biggest startups. So obviously being employee number 25 at Canva is pretty amazing. But I just wanted to go back a bit. I mean, how did you first get started in the HR industry? Yeah, and actually, uh, that's a good point, Brennan. When you're in a startup or a scale-up and Definitely when you're in a senior position, you shouldn't consider yourself as part of a function, right? Right. You're a business leader. And definitely HR has a little bit of baggage mm-hmm. around being Miss or Mr. Administrative or, uh, Policeman. Yeah. Uh, and that's definitely not the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, got out of university with a stats and organizational change background, was always interested in organizations. Stumbled into recruitment, which is actually sales and marketing. Did that for many years, did an MBA, um, was good at it, then moved into strategy consulting, uh, and then had an HR tech startup. Right. And was about to close out my seed round when I bumped into Cliff and Mel at Canva, and they said, hey, why don't you come on board? Wow. And how did they sell Canva to you at that time? Obviously, pretty early on. 
I have to admit, so I was actually, so not many people have asked me this question. Yeah. It's, it's a good question to ask. I, um, I hustled as part of my HR tech startup and I wanted to get some big brands. Right. So I hustled and got Uber oh, on wow. my, uh, on, as one of our clients. And what I did was we had so little money. I couldn't even afford like a full box of Tim Tams. So there were these three packet Tim Tam things. Yeah. And I went Monday to Friday and left them outside Uber's Alexandria office, a small little like dungeon office. And then finally, um, the uh, general manager at that point gave me a call. Who are you? What do you want? Yeah. And I said, I just, I think we, we can help you solve some of your problems. Mm. And he said, look, if you just stop giving Tim Tams, we'll sign up for it. <laughs> so I did something similar with Canva. Right. And I think Cliff especially was impressed by the hustle right. that I showed yeah. and um, that I, he, he seemed to see that I, I, I looked at things from a first principles perspective. Mm. Um, and recruitment was really important to Cliff and now and they still value it. And it's one of the biggest reasons why Canva is hugely successful. Yeah. The people and the people they've brought on board and people's strategy. And mm. I think he, I'd like to think that he saw somebody he could delegate this critical part of the uh, business too. Mm. Um, and till then, he absolutely wouldn't do that because wow. he, he trusted, he believed that the people they brought on board was was so important. So he was, he was Canva's first recruiter. So that was nice and flattering. Uh, yeah. When he gave me the opportunity, and the minute I walked in to their office, I was like, something's happening here. Mm. Something of a difference happening here. It must have been amazing to see that from such an early stage and have such a big influence on the people that came in and started to shape the company as well. The romance of that time was just magical. Like it was really magical. I remember, I remember when the whole Canva team could squeeze into an office the size, right? Wow. And and uh, I, I, it took me about two weeks to to finally get what Mel wanted to achieve. Wow! And when that landed, I went, "Whoa! You need a lot of people. Like you want a lot of people." <laughs> and um, it was just such a beautiful, um, optimistic romantic time right we were just gonna we were gonna change the world yeah and they are changing the world yeah and i mean amazing product also helps as well but listening to uh, mel talk she's saying she's only one percent one percent through her mission to uh, change the world of publishing how do you find people that want to join on to these big causes i mean they may not be getting paid as much as they would be at a big corporate for example i mean how do you find the right people to achieve these big missions it's actually not too hard right right i think the single most important thing is you need to demand it you need to demand a certain caliber and technical level you get what you demand and you just refuse not to compromise now the important thing is having a good understanding of what exactly you're demanding right? Right. because it's such a subjective thing. Assessing a person and his skills, it's such a subjective exercise. Mm. So you need to, you need to make, you need to have a sort of a data oriented way of assessing. Mm. Right? So you need to do that. Um, but the single most important thing is demanding and far too many times. And I've definitely made this mistake. We compromise, right? Mm. And we go, Oh, if we don't get the skill set ac- across the line, this time, uh, this quickly enough, we may we may lose out on X number of projects, extra. But the cost and and uh, the other side of the coin, the value add of getting a person with the right skill set 
and just waiting is huge. Yeah. So, so don't compromise. Don't compromise. And, and Hey, I, I completely believe Mel when she says that, like she's, she's tremendous. Mm. So I, I had the chance to work with her closely enough and it was definitely inspiring at times. I guess one of the sort of big themes that I hear at Canva when I talk to people at Canva and hear Mel talk, you know, don't underestimate anyone. So how do you, I guess, use that mantra when you're talking to different people? And I mean, I've heard different stories about, you know, how innovative and legendary the sort of hiring process is. Oh, was at Canva. Can you tell us any <laughs> stories of that and, you know, how you may have, I guess, underestimated people and then turned out to be winners? Sure, sure. So, uh, sorry, I also want to make a comment. Um, you know, I, I spoke quite highly of Mel just now. And I, I must admit, I think Mel and Cliff go hand in hand. Cliff's a tremendous operator too. Um, Oodles of respect for him. Um, now, I don't. I'd like to think I don't underestimate. Mm. Uh, I, I don't. You need to be very clear about what you're looking for. And I, I've started using this phrase recently, the anthropo anthropology of skills. Right. Right. So where does the skill set come from? Where is the origin of a skill set? Why is someone a really strong communicator? Why is someone good at numeracy? Why does somebody have really good verbal reasoning? That, I mean, we were all born kind of the same. I mean, I'm sure there might be different sort of bandwidths of, you know, IQ levels and so forth. But where is that craft, that base level craft being taught? And how is that maturing and evolving, right? And then we end up in this open marketplace where there's this big demand for um, the supply-demand equation around skill sets. So I think, um, I think having, thinking through very clearly why is someone a good Java engineer? Why is someone a good IS engineer? Why is someone a good growth marketer? Why is someone a good um, uh, uh, construction worker, et cetera? And breaking them down into uh, skill sets, uh, into areas, allows you to form a much more unbiased view of, uh, of um, what is good, right? What I look for is excellence, a signal of excellence. Have you shown servitude and sacrifice to become really good at something? Or have you somewhere along your career been at a place that would have demanded that of you? So that could have been an institution. That could have been a workplace. That could have been a family. That could be showcased through incredible writing through blog articles. Right. Right. That could be because you've been a Italian water polo player, national team Italian water polo player, and then picked up computer science. Because to get become part of the Italian water polo team, you would have had to have woken up at 4 a.m. and swam like 20 different laps, right? So are you somebody who has sort of invested into your craft, become really good at something? And can I see some signal that that would have occurred? It might be even a, a, a very well-constructed cover letter, right, which showcases. In fact, uh, research shows the single biggest, single biggest um, signal of top performance, and that's referred to engineering, software engineering, is actually command of the English language. I mean, in, in the Western Orient, so I presume if it's Chinese orientation or, uh, or, or in a different language, it'd be command of or how you express yourself. Like, how do you write? Is it clear? Is it clean? Right? Is it is it pronounced? 
sorry, it's rather long answer. No, fantastic <laughs> <Yeah>. answer. <laughs> After they've come on board, they're in line with the vision. I think a really underrated part of businesses and startups is the actual retention of mm. these staff as well because obviously a high turnover definitely not good for anyone definitely not good for you talking of culture and i mean a, an example that springs to my mind when i did the zappos tour in las vegas right um they're renowned for having amazing culture there's a statistic it's harder to get a job at zappos now than to get into harvard <laughs> so they have very low turnover big focus on the staff what are some of the ways that You've implemented culture at Canva and Airtasker. Look, I think one of the things that I I am I'm definitely not a and I, I cringe a lot is the notion of culture fit. Right. I, I really it, it definitely grates me the wrong way. Right. Um, I don't nobody understands what that means. <laughs> right. Like culture is one of those words like love, which is ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It gets thrown around a lot. What do you mean? Nobody really knows what it means, right? Like, there's no, there's no first principles approach. Maybe, I mean, arguably, the first principles of love is attachment, mm. right? And then you can break it down further, and we won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but um, to to make an assessment on whether to understand and calibrate what is your company culture for you to interpret that, for you to then assess what somebody else's culture is. And then see if there's a match within an hour long interview is a joke. Yeah. Right? Like that that just that doesn't happen. Mm. Right. So when people come out and say this person's not a cultural fit, usually what that means I didn't get along with the person. Great. <laughs> Let's just say that. Like, you know, I didn't So what you should you assess for? You should assess for very high technical skills, full stop. Right. And you should onboard someone into a culture, very much like an immigrant coming to a brand new country. Mm. Right? You don't go, hey, you don't drink Guinness, so you don't can't, you can't come into Ireland. You know, you don't do that, right? Instead, you go, hey, this is who we are. Are you going to create value? Come on board. Share us your stuff, and we'll share our stuff, and we'll make it a better place, right? That's the way it should be. And I think just having that mindset up top is really good. Having top performers is really good. I'll tell you the single most important thing to be a great place to work is you have to win. Right. You got to win. Or rather, you've got to feel like you're winning. Success covers up all kinds of cracks, is the aphrodisiac, is the endorphin of, of, of making you feel like, you know, life's great, yeah. right? And if you're not winning so much, then all sorts of cracks happen. So get your business right, you know? Get your business model right. Get your business strategy right. Nail it. The winning will come. Then there's this whole structural piece and stuff, which it's actually not that difficult in my opinion. You've worked with two massive startups. I mean, personally for you at this moment, what, what's in your business black box? I mean, what, what are you struggling with at the moment? Look, I'm, I'm actually really excited. Um, I'm, I'm, um, I'm sort of redrafting um, what I like to think is the incentive architecture uh, for the organization and um, sort of making sure – how we promote, how we calibrate people, performance management, um, assessment, levels, leveling, all of that, right? And it's a, it's a, it's an architecture, right? Because one thing is connected to another, so it's connected to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to understand incentives. You need to make sure incentives are aligned. And it's, it's different personas, right? So an engineer is different to a designer, is different to a marketer, et cetera. So you're trying to construct this architecture. It's very much like a product, 
right? You're trying right. to create this landscape and trying to make sure incentives are set up such that people want to win, right? And it's a sense of fairness occurs. Yet there's a level of, okay, I, I want to play this game, right? Like this is a good game for me. It's a healthy game for me. So you want to set that up. Um, so I'm, I'm just doing that right now, which is quite fun. Awesome, awesome. And speaking of stuff that you've done in the past as well, so I mean, for the small and medium businesses that are listening right now, I mean, we've touched on the hiring process. It's difficult, especially in the early days. Are there any quick tips or stories that we can give these guys to help them with making the right hire? Sure. Um, my biggest suggestion is biggest suggestion is be very commercial. When you're hiring someone, you have you, you've got a wallet. You've got X amount of money in, 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 your, in your business account or whatever it is, right? Like in your bank balance. You can spend that on a marketing campaign. You can spend that on a new table. You can spend that on a sales campaign. Or you can hire engineers or designers or marketers. It is just capital allocation. Before, usually before businesses launch a new marketing campaign, they do a lot of thinking, they do a lot of research, they do a lot of work. But hiring doesn't take as much time. Mm. It is just money. A CEO or leadership team, one of their primary jobs is to allocate capital, right? So how are you allocating this capital? If you're going to hire someone, do, your, do, do work. Write a requisition document. Write a project plan. What are you going to get out of this project in three months? What are you going to get out of this project in six months? You can even do an NPV on it if you wanted to, right? Be because that's basically what it is. You can spend the money on marketing. You can spend the money on a person. At the end of the day, you're trying to achieve a mission and create value for the business. So do work, slow it down, and write a requisition document. And a lot of times when you write a requisition document, you will change your hire. Rather than a job description is marketing, right? It's marketing for candidates. A requisition document forces you to understand what you actually want from this hire. So do that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that I've heard Canva and Airtasker, they don't traditionally hire people that, as you were mentioning before, have the traditional backgrounds. I mean, wh where are some good places where people can find, I guess, some alternate candidates other than the traditional sort of job board sites? I, I'm not so, uh, I, I think it's not, not necessarily the traditional job board sites, right? Like, it's about understanding, it's just growth marketing, really. Talent acquisition is just growth marketing. So... You need to be very clear what your channels are, right? A job board is a channel. Stack Overflow is a channel. Referrals are a channel. Direct applicants are a channel. So depending on the skill set you're looking for, where do you think they're going to be, mm. right? So then go hustle and make sure that you have a significant growth or marketing plan yep. to get attention. It's really not hard to differentiate if you put some time. Mm. Um, yeah, you just need to be very cold and data oriented about this it's not like it's it's not touchy feely it's very it's just a marketing channel yeah right so get the marketing channel right touching on your sort of personal area now Mahesh I mean are you are you a big reader at all I I uh I do I do read I read a lot more articles than books right and but but I do watch a lot of YouTube clips Oh, the YouTube rabbit hole? I, I, yeah, I do. So what I do is I come across a book, right? Right. And I go, oh, this is good. I, I see enough signals good that I need to pick this up. Yeah. And then I, 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 I hack it by watching like the condensed 
YouTube gists. Right, right. right. So I, then I get, okay, this is a high level principle. So if I want to deep dive more, I will. Yeah. Right. And, and any sort of books that you would recommend to our audience? Definitely. I'm a huge fan of Lean Analytics. Oh, nice. I'm a huge fan of, yeah, so you're an HR professional. <laughs> <laughs> go-to book is Lean Analytics. Yeah. Um, yeah, Thinking Fast and Slow, Daniel Kahneman. If you are interested in the people side of things, you should read uh, Work Rules by Laszlo Bock, uh, next Google. If you really want a big picture view of organizational structure, strategy, etc., there's a book called Reinventing Organizations. I can't remember his name. Uh, darn it. Is it X McKinsey guy? Yeah, we'll, we'll put all these books in the show notes. Cool. So I'll grab that name cool, off cool, you later. Cool, cool, cool. And from a personal perspective, again, is there any sort of small investment, $100 or less, that you've made in yourself that has made a massive difference? YouTube Prime. Oh, YouTube, uh, whatever the oh, YouTube, YouTube Red. YouTube Red, yeah, that's right. YouTube Red. Uh, I, I, I adore downloading. <laughs> and downloading for later. Da- downloading for later on. No, um, no ads, no air tasks. No ads. ads. No, <laughs> no, no ads. You know what the frustrating thing, though, is um, it's not consistent globally, right? So, for, so many countries don't have the same licensing agreement with right, YouTube. Right. So then you travel to. Asia or uh, somewhere else in Europe and suddenly you can't download videos and I'm like what <laughs> excuse me like what just happened here <laughs> um yeah you also can't download on uh laptop but still I five bucks a month yeah I use it like heaps wow do you watch any of the original YouTube content what do you mean the they've rolled out a whole slate of YouTube oh, originals no 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 look so my everything I do I do to learn mm. I don't watch it for entertainment yeah yeah other than like tottenham hotspur oh really that's <laughs> that's brilliant yeah well congratulations it's been an epic season last season oh, amazing season yeah. and uh not the fairy tale ending yes, i was hoping yes, for yes. but uh yeah yeah what about hiring in football that's actually a pretty interesting area well brilliant <laughs> so so look i am i i'm Awaiting the article that I will write. Oh, wow. Uh, drawing parallels between um, the recruitment strategies okay. that different clubs have mm. and different companies have, right? Mm. And you look at the business model and the, the, the identity of a club right. and how they execute hiring, right? Mm. It, there is a wage structure. There is a different philosophy in regards to what the talent is. So the way uh, Chelsea and uh, Manchester City hire uh is very different from uh tottenham uh and and this is a very cold calculated business decision right like and how you execute in my opinion it's not about how you hire yeah you can hire anywhere you want you can hire whoever you want it's about alignment Mm. do you understand your business strategy are you aligned in regards to who you're hiring and how you're hiring and therefore, they will be able to um, they will be able to execute on the business strategy. Right. right. It's not about which way is better, which way. It's about are you clear about who you are, and then have you extended through the whole employee life cycle? And there's alignment there. I hope that makes sense. Oh, it does make sense. I'm looking forward to reading the article. Yeah, so where, am I, to be where, honest. <laughs> where is this going to be published? Medium, hopefully. One of these. I, I keep telling myself I need to start writing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah I, I need to start writing soon. And what about Tottenham's uh, zero dollars spent for the whole season? <laughs> oh, hey, I mean, look at the results, right? Yeah, look at the results. Close knit team. Look at the results, right? Like, so I think they have 
And I must admit, recruitment strategy, mm. right? And um, it's interesting. I think a lot about this actually, yeah. because the dollars per value created per top tier football player is huge, mm. right? The margins being made on like the value created is huge. Therefore, there's so much more science being put into. There are so there are. I was listening to a YouTube clip yesterday where they were talking about they had formed a very clear assessment on what are the best buys for Tottenham, right, <laughs> in the coming season. Yeah. And they talked about 3.3 dribbles per uh, this, this season, 2.2 passes this season. So it's so numbers-driven and still not perfect, yeah. but they're measuring. They're measuring, they're measuring, they're measuring. In the same way, at some point, I presume the open marketplace is going to be able to deliver this. How mm. many, I mean, it's already started happening, right? How many um, uploads do you have on GitHub? How many medium articles do you have? How, how many Airtasker jobs have you done? Yeah. What is your rating level on, in Airtasker, right? Yeah. So at some point, measurement will come through. We will, we're probably, we've been in the age of information, perhaps misinformation mm. for, for a while recently. Perhaps we're not too far away at all from the age of insights really coming through. That's super interesting. And we'll put a link to your Medium account down in yes, the show notes yes, as well. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. No pressure. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to thank you again, Mahesh, for your time. Obviously, super busy. A lot of big things happening at Airtasker. But we have one final question. It's a bit creative. It's going to definitely stimulate a lot of thought. So you're on the first flight to Mars with Elon Musk and the first settlers aboard the SpaceX Starship rocket. So what business do you start when you land on Mars and how do you promote it to the new Martians? Hey, so this is, um, I, I have very dry uh, and, and, and geeky answers to these kind of things. My first response was, what do they need? What do they want? Then I was like, okay, let's make some assumptions. Yeah. So I'm a tourist coming into this brand new country. Yeah. What am I going to sell? Probably something that I think is cool because it's exclusive. Yeah. Gold seems to, you know, be very attractive Def. to people constantly. So if they don't have a shiny thing or something that smells nice or that something that drives an immediate sort of kick of endorphins, I'll find that out and then I'll sell, sell to them and then I'll just tell them that this is the coolest thing and make it super exclusive. I like it. a bit of scarcity, a bit, bit of, scarcity. of uh, customer research as well. Yeah. Hey, did you? Have you? Like, I read up. I was listening to the thing about was it Hermes bags? Some some sort of there were these special bags. Yeah. That like it, that are really hard to purchase. I can't remember. And like, um, Prime, the brand Supreme, it's really hard to get. Right. So exclusivity goes a long way. In regards to increasing price. Get that FOMO out there Get as well. Get that FOMO out there, totally. Oh, Mahesh, really appreciate your time today. I mean, is there anything you'd like to say or any actions you want people to take before we wrap up? No, I think um, the biggest thing I'd like to say is I remember when I was an entrepreneur and I had my own small business. It's hard. It's mm. challenging. Yeah. Uh, you have to go through a lot. Sometimes it's thankless. Just wanted to give massive props to anybody who's trying to do something really cool, create value, and know that it's creates it's really good for everybody that they're toiling and working really hard. Um, and I have so much respect for anybody that does something a little bit scary and steps out and goes, "I'm going to try to make something." So just massive props to all the people who listen to this and go. You know, like, this is hard, so massive props. 
It's been fun, Mahesh, and more importantly, let's hope for a good Tottenham Hotspur season. Yes, uh, indeed. Next season, one, one uh, place better, Champions League winners. Yes. And guys, you can catch the show notes with everything that we said today at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And Mahesh, one more time, big thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Brendan. From Metagy, this is the Forward Thinking Podcast. I hope you got a lot of value and actionable tips from today's episode. If you like what you heard, you can help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. If you know a business owner who needs help with their marketing, and I mean, don't we all know one of those guys, tell them to check us out. Never miss another episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more about Metagy and get a listener-exclusive three-month free trial, visit us at metagy.com forward slash podcast. You can also view all of the resources and tools mentioned in this episode at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, why not listen to some other episodes and join the world's leading community of forward-thinking marketers. I'm Brendan Hill, your first business connection, And I'll catch you next week for another award-winning episode of the Forward Thinking Podcast.